ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Coming to you live from the Knicks Place 30th Anniversary Celebration at Rocky Ridge and Rustheimer. Now, step into the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios with the Bees themselves, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Hour two of the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank. You can find us on Twitter at Joe George Radio at Pac-Man Joel. We'll be joined by DJ Bienemy from ESPN.com. Covers the Texans here shortly. He's going to join us for a full half hour getting you ready for the game this weekend. We'll play Who Said It. We'll probably offend some people. Maybe not. We'll see. I, I might try to get some of my coworkers canceled today. That's what I realized. Is Am that- I one of them? No, you can't be. I can't. Okay, then have at it. I just wanted to make sure if that's not. If, as long as I'm out of it, go get them. I, I do. I did one time consider using you for a who said it. You really? said something that I thought you would like forget that you said. Yeah. And I was like, should I just try to sneak one in? But I knew that would be a huge controversy. Well, you know what? That would be Bush League. Yeah. So it's, it's today. And today we have a special edition of who said it. Okay. Right. I didn't ask Josh to do any work. He's back at the studio helping us out. Jeremy's not here. But, Joel, last time we played together, you know, I, I had a bad day. I saved your ass. We still got a victory. Yep. But you always blame me. I, I don't. Right? See, this is the misconception. No, 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 time out. Rightfully so. I'm admitting my faults. Rightfully so. I was bad. So today it's you versus me one-on-one, and I can't wait. Right, because I'm, I'm, I'm your daddy. Because I oh, no, you're not. Because I have literally won so much in this game, and almost single-handedly most weeks, that this is what you felt forced to do. And that's fine. It doesn't change the overall reputation. But the thing is, you always, like even yesterday when you were doing my you think I'm always ganging up on you. Your boy takes more shots at you than I do. But yet I get, if I ever say anything, I get you telling me that I'm always pointing out your flaws. Well, Jeremy's just, he's more just a troll. Even though I do think I actually really upset him a little bit. I didn't get him coffee. I think he stuck, well, I think he went, I think he got a little too excited about it. (laughs) But the problem is, is that I think he was a little upset. Jeremy likes to be the Teflon Don. He likes it to go at everybody else. He likes to like yell and discipline everybody else. But he doesn't want any of that smoke coming his way. That's true. Did I actually upset Jeremy by not buying him coffee? Text in seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We will read your mean text uh, today at the that. end of the show. I know Joel hates it, but I love it. Um, so we'll do that for our car record today. We'll take other nominations as well. well. I'm sure we'll have plenty. It sure sounds like our technical equipment for the second day in a row might be nominated. It sounds like yeah, before I, we got here today. I kind of gave you a heads morning. up on that. Yep. Um, all right. So before, as we wait for DJ, this game, do you, we talk, you guys talked about yesterday about specifically the Broncos, right? Like smoke and mirrors, good team. What are they? What about Russell Wilson? Like he's not having this like great statistical year, but like from what you've seen, do you believe he's kind of figured it out? Because I feel like he's at, at, in a bad way for the Broncos' long-term future. He's just muddied the water, and he's going to have to be their quarterback again next year. I, I agree with that, Joe, but to your point, I don't think he figured anything out. I think last year they gave him the keys with little to no guidance and said, go be you to do whatever you need to do, and it didn't work well. I think Sean Payton helped figure it out for Russ and showed him the path to how he can still have a sustained NFL career as a starting quarterback. And we heard Chad Brown, when he joined us earlier in their week, who sees them every week, talk about the fact that the reason why the Broncos are so successful offensive, I mean, and winning football games is because they're not trying to do too much offensively. Like, he's only throwing the ball about 20, 20 times a game. 
but he's relying on a running game that works. He's not trying to rely on his feet because he doesn't have the same legs he did you know, yeah. when he got into the league. And he's always been a really good deep shot football uh, passer, yeah. but not too much, right? When he's forced to do it too much like last year, it creates problems. I think that's why a lot of people feel like, you know, we saw last night Geno Smith, like, who probably had one of the best games of his NFL career. He was absolutely incredible last night. Um, that And so is D.K. Metcalf. I, D.K. Last Metcalf night, is unreal. I, I really hope that they have, like, a a weird need to trade him this offseason. I would I would trade away the Texans' first-round pick so oh, fast Oh, would he be him. great here? Oh, my gosh. I thought like, you were going to say the Bears. That ain't happening. But if you're talking about the Texans, I don't what, want a, there. what a fit he would be oh here. Oh, my God. Yeah, D.K. Metcalf on one side of the field, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Whew. Like, that's way better than any – T. Higgins' dream we could ever have had, and Mike Evans, and I like both those guys. But like DK, man, like that—that seventy-three-yard touchdown to start the game was incredible. So, so you bet the two names you mentioned. This is exactly how I see that, right? Mike Evans, I don't want him because he's already been the best Mike Evans he can be, and he's already proven to be a great wide receiver one. That's a little bit more on the downside. T. Higgins, I don't know if he can ever be a wide receiver one, and I don't want to pay him a large amount of money to try and find out. If you get DK Metcalf, you're getting a guy, a guy in his prime. That gives you everything you need in a wide receiver one. Speed, size, hands, toughness. Yeah. Holy cow, would he be perfect with C.J. Stroud? I doubt they would actually move on from him. but like I don't see it. They, you know, they drafted Jackson Smith and Jig, but they're, just, they're an interesting team. Like, you know, they had Kenneth Walker, who was really good his first rookie year, and then they went to the draft this year, and they, they, signed, and they drafted Charbonnet. And, like, and like, maybe they would move on from a guy like that. Oh, look who's here, DJ Bienemy. Your headphones are somewhere right there. They're right there you on the grab chair. Those. I had it ready for him. Um, but, yeah, I just – He's always greasing up Branham because he wants Branham to go to games. He leaves me out. It's fine. It's good to have him here. Yeah, I just well, – he's here in person. DJ, yeah, how you doing? Good. What's Man, up, DJ Bienemy, ESPN.com. We were just talking about uh, our love for DK Metcalf and if somehow the Texans could acquire him this offseason <laughs> because it would be awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm doing good, man. You know, traffic in Houston was bad today. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know Patrick Creighton? It's like yes. the sun's out. Patrick Creighton will teach you just how bad you don't plan for traffic and then you deal with it. <laughs> yeah, because he's never anywhere on time. Sorry, PC, if you're listening. That's mean. Um, uh, actually, I had DK on my fantasy team. And one of the leagues that I care a lot about. Same here. Yeah. It was a good night. How many, um, how many points did he get you? 37. Yeah, I think he got me like 39. I had Dakota. He got me 29. He that's had a good bad. day. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll tell you this. In my, my biggest, most money fantasy league, my team is going to make the playoffs. Uh, off the the strength and I, of, I it's like shocking to me of CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. That's good. Like, That's they awesome. Been, like That's they awesome. have been so good this year in <laughs> fantasy. Like it blows my mind that like what they're doing on the field, but even like a fantasy purpose, it's just been huge. Uh, but we we spent a lot of time DJ talking about the game this weekend versus the Broncos. Uh, I want to start somewhere we started yesterday as a show. Is this is this game a? Do you view it as a playoff eliminator? That if the tech whoever it is Texans Broncos whoever loses this game. That they will not make the playoffs this yeah, year. Um, some of the, I, I saw a stat um, from PFF that if the Texans lose, that their chance to make the playoffs drops to eighteen percent. So I don't want to say it's like a playoff elimination game, but it's damn close, right? I mean, even if they lose the game, they'll be six and six. They could still possibly win out or win four out of five and then finish ten and seven. But the chances of this team winning four out of five or five in a row or slim to none, right? The team's fairly young for the most part, young quarterback, young head coach, young offensive coordinator. Like they're bound to have a couple stinkers out of nowhere because this is the NFL. Like right. it's, it's hard to bank, oh, this team is going to win five in a row to end the season. So 
I would I would tend to agree that if they do lose this game, they put themselves in a very tough position to possibly win because now you're losing um, a very important tiebreaker to a team that's also going to be in that race too. See, that's why I said as much as most fans thought that the magnitude was last week, because of the outcome of last week, this game has more magnitude. Yeah. And then as you go forward, because of the fact that the schedule didn't play out the way you thought. When we saw this schedule at the start of the year, you thought win against Arizona easy. You thought win against Carolina. Yeah, you won the Arizona game. It was a dogfight. You, you, you didn't play. You, probably your worst game of the year was Carolina. Yeah. And then this Jacksonville game was kind of up in the air, and when it didn't go your way, right. that kind of boosts the importance and the magnitude of this game Sunday. Absolutely. Again, like if you lose this game, now the Broncos have the tiebreaker over you, right? Mm-hmm. The tiebreaker that you have over the Steelers is kind of null and void because you would have to get to the same record as them. I've seen their schedule. The quarterbacks, they're going to play. The Steelers are going to make the playoffs, yep. right? They're going to get to at least – at the bare minimum, 10 wins, right? And if you lose this game, you put yourself in a position where you got to go four out of five to make the playoffs, right? So um, in my estimation, yeah, I would kind of, like, lean towards you guys in the sense of this is basically a playoff elimination type of game. This is, and what, that's what it's going to feel like yep. on Sunday. Yeah, the only thing I think that really helps the Texans, like, from it being a full elimination game is you still have the Colts who are in front of you yeah. at this moment. You still have the Browns who are also in the playoffs at this moment. So, like, you do have the opportunity to – you know, get those tiebreakers with those guy with those teams, but this is a big one, and and it's in- interesting to see like what Denver is now versus what they were in the season. But do you view Denver as a good team, a mediocre team, a team that's got lucky? Like, what's your your scouting view of this team? Um, I would say that they've been playing really good football. Granted, like their their style to win isn't necessarily like I don't I want how sustainable it is. It's basically, run game, force turnovers. Um, and have Russell Wilson make a couple of plays, and we're going to shorten the game because again they've been they've been able to win that way, right? They beat the Bronx, they beat the Bills that way, they beat the Chiefs that way. Um, so I would I would view them as probably one of the more better teams in the league recently because in reality they started one and five, they won five in a row. It's very hard in the NFL to win five in a row. So I would say that it might be they're above average team because I can't ignore what happened in the beginning of the season. Granted, like you know they're a completely different team now. Um, I'm really fascinated to see how they operate, the Texans operating against the Broncos on third downs, um, offensively versus their defense. Because they had Pat Sertain, and the way the Broncos use Pat Sertain, obviously it's not exactly how Rex Ryan used Darrell Rivas, but there's some similarities, right? right? Like we're going to have our best guy follow your best guy, and we're going to try to move that guy, but we're not going to necessarily just blitz or necessarily just play man-to-man across the board. But we had that discussion. Is that tank? Or is that Nico? Right, because yeah. we had that discussion this week. Yeah. Like, a lot of people assume right away it's Tank, but when you look at the overall body of work, it could be either guy. Yeah, exactly, and it's like, okay, you have to prepare for both, right? Okay, these are our plays if they're going to take away Nico. These are our plays if they're going to put Sertain on Tank, and we got to have counters for it. And I, I remember asking uh, Bobby Slowick about it yesterday, not necessarily if, you're going, if it's Nico or if it's Tank, but what that what that causes for you. He said we got to have three plays ready, a play that's, Ready for three different situations. They take away if, if they if they're gonna take away, you know, the the guy or he's gonna follow. He's gonna take away that guy or whatever. We gotta have plays to counter that because he knows that if you have a play designed strictly to get Nico the ball and Pat Sertain is on him and Pat Sertain completely takes him away, now CJ's patting the ball, trying to figure out who who. Okay, let me move away and patting the ball, and all that does is increase the possibility of the pass rush to get to C.J. Stroud, and now it's basically backyard football. We saw last week, yeah, you got some of the splash plays that were nice to see, right, right. but you couldn't sustain 
any drive. Now, so. DJ, that's what I was going to ask you, too, because you, you were there with the Slowick uh, interview, and, and we were talking about the third and fourth down, uh, third and one, fourth and one. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing that my takeaway was was that that wasn't – people were trying to say, oh, he's putting it on CJ, or he's taking, it, I'm taking the heat off of CJ. I think it's a combo platter on both of them, but I think it was that CJ knows when he's off script – his first look is if my guy's got a step, I believe in my guy. I'm going there, and that's what's worked for him. But I, I think it was where they probably had a couple of options, and it wasn't the deep ball because everybody assumes, oh, both plays were immediately deep balls. I don't think they were, and no, I think that it was a, po- a product of the defense taking away what they probably wanted to do, play action or otherwise. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. What CJ and Bobby initially had wasn't there. So instead of just going to the check down, because Devin Singletary was open on both tries, yep. he tried to create because, again, he had been doing it the whole game, and he had some semblance of success. So I think at that moment that's a learning lesson for C.J. in the sense of, okay, now going forward as I continue to mature in this league, when to try to create and when to just take the check down, right? Because we get so enamored with Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes, especially until this year, because he doesn't have great receivers right, anymore, right. he was really good at, Take it with the defense giving you. You know, just take it, take it, take it. And now when you're trying to do something different, all right, boom, now gotcha. I'm going to gut you. Yep. Now I'm going to gut yep. you. Yep. Because now you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get aggressive, and now I'm going to be able to attack the weak spot in your aggression. Right. He is DJ Bienemy from ESPN.com, covers the Houston Texans. He's out here with us at Nick's Place. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary of this wonderful, wonderful establishment. Of course, we've got – a ton of stuff to get into. DJ's going to stick with us for at least one more segment. Yep. He says he wants food, so you might yep. have to stick around for more. Uh, food, yeah, DJ. I will be here longer. The pizza's very good. I will I'm tell not, you that. I'm not that much of a pizza guy. Calzone. I like calzones, though. Off I love calzones, though. Okay. So I'll get a calzone. I, I think I just met, like, the first person in my life that said, quote, I'm not a pizza guy. Uh-uh. Charlie Palillo. <laughs> I like pizza. <laughs> But I'm not a pizza guy. Can, can, can That's, okay. That's, That's true. Fair. That's fair. All right, here's DJ. We'll continue talking about the Houston Texans versus the Broncos here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at the Hollingsworth Law Firm because you know what? The Hollingsworth Law Firm are people that you're going to need whether you know it or not. It's just that if you're prepared and you're ready for it when you need it, there's nobody better in the business to take care of it when you get in a car wreck because – of all the lawyers that are out there, yeah, they do a multitude of different things. You need someone that's focused on what you need, and it's their expertise. And that's why they have the website CarWreckTexas.com because they specialize in car wrecks. And the other thing that they do, they don't charge you unless they win, which means extra motivation for them. They're going to be ex- specific in terms of dialing in to get you what you deserve. And the other thing that they're going to do is they're not going to nickel and dime you with charging you for every phone call and every conversation and every billable hour. They are going to be in your corner from the get-go. So that's why I always tell you to put their number in your phone because you never know when you're going to need them. 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. When you get in a car wreck, first thing you think about is, who do I call first? What do I do? Call them, and they'll tell you. They'll, they'll spell it out for you. They'll make sure you get the police report. They'll make sure that if it's the other driver's fault in specifics, they're going to get what you need from the, the insurance company, from the other driver, and make sure you get what you rightfully deserve. I'm telling you they're the best in the business, and that's why we talk about them for you. Put the number in your phone or go to carwrecktexas.com, but be prepared because you never know when you're going to be in a car wreck, and you want the best in the business when you are. 713-999-8773 or carwrecktexas.com. ESPN 97.5, because every day is Children's Day. It was a baby. She smothered her own baby. 
back to the celebration of 30 years of Nick's Place. Hey, Nick, can we get these guys some complimentary beers and calzones? Hey, they're working hard in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's the Killer Bees, Joel and Jeremy. Back here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, Joe George and Joel Blank. I'm here filling in for Jeremy Branham. We're live at Nick's Place. we got DJ Biennemi from ESPN.com here with us. Uh, we just got the official injury report from this weekend. Obviously, the big one there is Dalton Schultz out. So yep. it's going to be a big Brevin Jordan weekend. But between you know Dalton missing this game, Titus obviously out for the rest of the year, how much are those two injuries going to hurt the Texans this weekend? How do they overcome it? Mm. Uh, so I think the Titus Howard one uh, doesn't hurt as bad, mainly because his replacement is Drew Scruggs. And Drew Scruggs did a fine job last week stepping in. I um, mean, again, like whoever plays next to Laramie Tunsil from a pass blocking standpoint is going to be it's going to be elevated. Cohen, you playing next to a great player, all that does is make you better, right? Like again, like if a great quarterback playing with, uh, if a good receiver playing with a great quarterback, that's going to make that receiver better. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar in the regard of a left guard and left tackle. Now tight end, now that is a much bigger question mark. And I'm a big Brevin Jordan fan. I, I love his talent. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he's a really good pass catcher when, again, he's on the field from a talent perspective. Just hasn't even put all of it together. Um, so I'm really interested to see how he steps into that role. It's basically going to be a Brevin Jordan, um, especially in 11 personnel. It's going to be him. Um, again, like sometimes it might go 12. You'll get a little bit of Eric, um, you know, stepping in there. So I'm really interested to see. Maybe you go see some more 21 where you're going to see one tight end, two backs. Maybe, you know, you'll see more back. Maybe you put back at tight end because he has some experience there if you go 12. So it's gonna be it's gonna be on Bobby to get really creative in that aspect, uh, how to replace Dalton because it's not like Dalton, what it, like losing Dalton isn't like losing, I don't know, it, it ain't like losing me on the air, right? Like you guys would be just fine. You gotta be able to replace me quickly. You're losing <laughs> a big brother and a, and a security blanket <laughs> yeah. and a good t- catching. Yeah, tight end. I think I think Dalton is top ten for uh, tight ends and receiving yards. So you're not losing just a guy. Yeah, you're losing a pretty productive tight end. So I'm curious to see how they go about um, replacing them. If it's long-term, uh, Zach Ertz, uh, he, no one claimed him today. You making the call? Nah, Zach Ertz is He's going to a old. contender, though, right? He's going to go to a contender. He'll probably go back to Philly. Philly yeah. Yeah. They're, saying, yeah. they're saying Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo are at, like, the top of his list. Which, uh, like, because okay. Goddard's doubtful this weekend. Yeah. So maybe he's only, like, a week away. Yeah, okay. But, like, but why do you go to Kansas City when you got Travis? Yeah, oh exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know? who else is Patrick Mahomes going to throw the ball to besides He's not going to play Kelsey. wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Two, two, two tight end set with Ertz and Kelsey. Yawn. I know. Boy. If anything, I think, I think teams would love to see that. Teams would love to see that. That'd be easier to defend. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this, DJ, from the standpoint of what you were just talking about. We understand from a pass protection standpoint, yeah. whoever's next to Laramie is going to be fine. Yeah. We know Denver has a tough time stopping the run. Yeah. We know that this team up until last week for two weeks with Singletary was, was capable of, of actually run blocking and getting chunks and, and really good production out of the running game. Can they, with Juice in the running game, provide the opportunities so that they can run the ball to do and take advantage of what Denver struggles with? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, uh, just last week was a little bit of an anomaly. And, again, Denver's really good. I mean, not Denver. The Jags are really good at stopping the run. Like, that was one of my bigger concerns about them in that regard. I remember uh, my girlfriend's brother, he thought the Texans were going to win, and he, he mentioned Devin Seagulls. I was like, I don't think he's going to be able to do much. And lo and behold, he wasn't able to because their right. defense is really good at stopping the run. But Denver isn't. So I think it's kind of like, you know, a weakness on weakness. And since they're at home, 
two out of the last three weeks they've been able to run the ball effectively. I think they'll be able to get back to that. So I think, you know, losing Titus in – but, again, in all honesty, Titus hadn't been that good in, right. at, in the run game at left guard. And, okay, and again, it's understandable, right? He hadn't played that much left guard in his life, right? So him not being that good at that spot from a run blocking standpoint is understandable. So I think they won't really lose too much there. And that's why I said when everybody was coming out of their seats saying, oh, you know, what he, you know, Howard was a waste of money and he, they shouldn't have given him the money. He did everything that they asked him to do for the right. last two years. He played musical chairs in so many different offensive line positions that he was not necessarily his strength, but he did it for the betterment of the team, and then he got hurt, and you can't criticize him for that. Yeah, absolutely not. And, again, like he was playing left guard this year. And, you know, I see our friend Jeremy was saying that, he questioned the deal to begin with because he didn't think he was a top, or, uh, top five right tackle. But when you pay a guy, you're not paying them from what they've done. You're paying them what you right. think they're going to do. If that was the case, then everybody should have been lining up for Aaron Rodgers. Or everybody should have been lined up for Tom Brady because they have done so much great stuff. But, no, you're lining up for what you think they're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And Titus last year, him and Laramie Tunsil, one of the more prolific tackle duos as they were, they gave the second fewest tackle I mean, sacks among tackle duels in the entire NFL, and they both were um, graded high from an advanced metric standpoint, from ESPN Plus block win rate standpoint. And again, like, Titus was actually pretty effective in terms of uh, pass block, uh, in terms of pass blocking. So um, I think Titus back at right tackle will be, again, very effective um, going forward in the future. Uh, when you t- let's talk about the other side of the ball because I know last time you were on with us it's been a little bit we talked a lot about Will Anderson yeah, yeah getting yeah, to the yeah. quarterback now yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. what two sacks in his last four games yeah 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 I know I saw some numbers today that he was the number one against the rush in the yep. NFL for defensive ends so like obviously like that part of his game is very good but do you feel like you're seeing him improve every week yeah yeah I feel I feel like he's getting closer and closer to to the quarterback and I think another thing we have to always remember this guy is 22 years old 22 years old right like again JJ Watt year one had, what, five, six sacks, and now then he turned into one of the greatest defensive players to ever live, right? So, like, there is, there is a maturation process. I get it. Like, we always want the rookies to be like a C.J. Stroud, be like a Justin Herbert, be like the guys that year one, Justin, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, are all pro type of talents, type of caliber players, but not everybody develops at that rate. And, again, like, you know, you don't necessarily know what the Texans are calling to possibly get sacks, right? Because it's not like, all right, they were calling this, blah, 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 cover three on the back end, da, 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 linebackers do this, D-line just rush. No, they're calling a specific call for them to get to the pressure, whether it's stunts, whether they're setting up a specific look so they can get maybe Jonathan Gennard free or maybe get uh, uh, Sheldon Rankins free or maybe Malik Collins free or whatever it is or maybe trying to get Will free. You don't actually know what the call is to try to get the sack in that in, in that regard. So I'm not really too big, like too worried about – all the metrics point in his favor, right? Like, he's still top tier in uh, pass rush room rate. He still pressures the quarterback at a high rate. And I think he still leads the team team in quarterback hits. So he's still on the right trajectory. Again, he's only 22 years old. I think the other thing that's fair to point out is for the guys that, you know, whether you're expecting to get it right now or not, for every Aiden Hutchinson or Micah Parsons, there's guys like you mentioned that it does take some time, but when you take the time to study the film and go a little deeper and watch what he does to be disruptive on a play-by-play basis, it's not like he's playing bad football. Yeah. It's just like he's not getting home and finishing the plays that the, the average fan wants to see. Exactly, and that, that's all it is, and I get it. You know, we, we all get enamored with like highlights and things of that nature, which is fine. Like, it's I a sports issues. center generation. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, as CJ said, like, the NFL is an entertainment business, so I get that. 
right? Um, but, you know, sometimes we got to have a little bit more nuance on the play-by-play to really assess how good a guy truly is. And I think Woods going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, pass rushing defensive end in the NFL. One thing he's done well is he's played well against the run. Yep. And you you mentioned Collins, uh, I mean Rankins, and, and you've got Collins. It seems like on the flip side of the ball, as much as we want to see if the Texans can run the ball against a defense that struggles with it, Denver is predicated on the run. Russ has only thrown it about 20 times a game. Yep. And their front seven is going to be as big a factor in this game as anything for the yep. Texans. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like they want to get into third and three, third and four situations. If you can prevent that and put them in third and seven, third and eights, we all know Russ isn't necessarily the quarterback that is one, two, three throw or one, two, three, four, five throw. It's usually he's going to drop back. There's not like what he's going to try to create and try to find a guy and create that one highlight play. But as we've seen throughout the year, the majority of quarterbacks that play that type of style, the Texans have done a really good job of containing them. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, granted, like they put up 25 points, but Lamar didn't play a good game, and he even admitted that. Kyler Murray, right? He he had his first, you know, the one big touchdown down the, you know, down the field to uh, start the game. Yeah, to start the game. But they only that was for seven points. They only finished with nine points yeah, for they, the rest of the they, game. They were, they did a great job against Arizona because like that first drive, you're like, oh, they're gonna cook today. Yeah, like the, the Kyler Murray is gonna full on show that he's still a superstar, and then like they shut him down completely the rest of the game. Exactly. Uh, last question I have for you. Yeah. Do you think that there's any part of Sean Payton that wishes he would have more aggressively pursued this opportunity? Because like based on like what Colin Cowher would say after he interviewed with the Texans that he basically – he called Cal McNair a joke. Like, he said, like, oh, someone close to me said that it's a bad owner and all this stuff. Do you feel like Sean Payton has, like, hardcore regret right now for not being the head coach of C.J. Stroud? Because I would. Nah, mainly because he there he has full control of everything. Yeah, here, he wouldn't he have, have, he yeah, he wouldn't have, have that here. Right? And him and Nick probably would have bumped heads, mainly because Nick also likes a lot of control and Sean likes a lot of control. There he gets to be the de facto guy. He's in charge of everything – and there, like, there's not as much necessarily pressure for him to necessarily win immediately. Granted, like, he's done a really good job now, but he gets to, like, truly have his fingerprints on the entire rebuild there. Um, so, nah, not necessarily. And, again, we don't necessarily know what his dra- – now he's saying good things about CJ, but we don't know what his draft evaluation was of CJ coming out, right? He might not want a CJ. Well, know? it's like my favorite part of the year where everyone was going to take CJ. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. The Panthers, well, the Raiders, the Raiders. Up, they would have had to make a trade to get up high enough to get him anyway, but then to kind of just throw McDaniel under the yeah. bus one more time. Yeah, yeah. It's all CYA. It's yeah. all about yep. like your next yep. job and be like, hey, well, I wanted to trade up for CJ yeah, Stroud. Exactly. I wanted to make the trade with the Bears to move up to number one. Right. So, like, I think it's those guys. Um, so, I, it's all about cover your own ass for right now in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's hilarious. It's so, it's so he, funny. You can ask him what he cares about a lot, too, on uh, uh, coming up here today. What's that? There's a certain, isn't there a certain football game in college? Oh, you've yeah. Got, you've got a little concern about? How I mean, are they going to do what most of the committee wants you to do? I need Louisville to win. I don't want Florida State in the Final Four. Louisville. 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 Sorry. My uh, bad. So, the committee is pulling for you guys. So, full transparency. You don't watch college football. I love college football. <laughs> Love college football. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. I went to Louisville. So, oh, so, so you and Dell. So I'm, I am a, I, I am more of a – so I'm more of a Louisville basketball fan. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, more to root for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they're terrible too. Uh, but, like, like, Louisville football, if they're doing well, great. They're not – okay, great. I, I'm more or less – if they're doing bad, I poke fun at some of my Louisville friends that are diehard about it. But 
if they win this weekend, you will for sure catch me saying we yeah. won ACC championship. Look, all all I know is like I think we all want it. Like, we're, oh, we're absolutely, gonna do, we're going to be out a little later. It. Like, I think I, no offense to Florida State, but like it sounds like they're going to be out of their third string quarterback yeah, tonight. Like, like, I do not want anything to do I'm with not Florida to watch State. That. I'm not trying to watch them in the college football playoffs with a third string quarterback. This is not Ohio State in 2014. Ohio State had so many NFL guys. Yeah. They had Nick Bosa. They had um, Chase Zeke. Young? You know, no, I don't think they had oh, that Chase. Was, that would have been right before Chase, yeah. Yeah, because Chase came out in, what, 2020? Yeah, so yeah. They, they didn't have him yet. They oh, had, I got my Bosa's confused. They had Joey Bosa. I got him. Yeah. I said Nick. They had Joey Bosa. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. had, um, I mean, look, Cardinal Jones is like a good, good yeah, college quarterback. You know, so. Yeah, like they, they, they were stacked, legitimately stacked. So, yeah, no. Nah, I've seen people try to make that comparison. Nah, I'm cool. I'm the committee just they, they want it because of the fact that they don't want to blow out in the semifinal game, yeah. and they know they're headed for that. Yeah, exactly. and it bails them out because they want to make the tough decision and say, without your starting quarterback, we can't put you in. But they know if they do, they're going to catch hell. So, All right, he is DJ Bienname. You can find him on Twitter at DJ Bienname, ESPN.com. Houston Texans reporter alongside myself, Joe George, and Joel Blank. And it's time for everyone's favorite fastest growing game show in Houston. It is time for who said it. On the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog show. Women bathing their dogs, you know, in uh, cut-off jeans and T-shirts and with the soap. And you know how it gets all wet and in the water. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumpler in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with Who Said It? Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. All right, it's time for Who Said It here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank. No Jeremy today. Today we will go one-on-one. Today we will see on numbers one, two, three, four, five, which one gets Todd's attention first, which one gets the audience's attention first. Just a reminder about this game, how this game works. These are not my quotes. These are people's quotes that I work with. Oh, (laughs) is that the precursor? That's the uh, legal... That's the legal disclaimer that saves your rear end. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, uh-huh. I, I just read it. I just read what these people that we work with have said. Uh, there's no acting class. There's no bush leagueness today. I guarantee it. I guarantee you. I knew it was one on one today, Joel, and I was like, I'm going to play this straight up the whole time. So we'll start with number one <clears throat> with a banger. Hey, look! Hey, look, guys! It's raining and the sun's out right now. You know what that means? The devil is beating his wife. (laughs) See, the thing is, is that the way this is rigged one-on-one, you don't have to guess anything. So you really can't lose. Yes, I can win, but you just have the ability to just throw these out there, and then I'm going to look worse because I'm going to actually put someone's name to a quote like that, and I'm sure there are better ones coming up. That's why I was apprehensive about doing this. Well, sorry, that's the quote, so... Say it again, please. Oh, yep. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Say it again loud. <laughs> hey, look, guys. It's raining and the sun's out right now. You know what that means? The devil is beating his wife. So it can't be Creighton because he's on at midnight. So he wouldn't know that it's. Okay, I'm just. I mean, that, you know that, what that I do? No, I like to ass- do my deductive reasoning. That's an astute assessment. Thank I, you. Like, thank you. He's on late, so it can't be Creighton. So he's out. Paulie likes to kind of push the envelope, but would he push it like that? 
Yes, it's a possibility. I think he's in the discussion. I don't think John and Lance, as much as they like to stir it up, would go that far. Now, I could see Connor and I would say it's either it's between Connor and Paul. That's what I'm going to say. It's between Connor and Paul. Um, I don't want man. I'm going to I'll take a flyer if I say between the two. I'm going to say Michael Connor. You can play it, Josh. Can't. Hey, guys, look, it's raining and the sun's out right now. You know what that means? What? Devil's beating his wife. Apparently that's... Yeah, something. I got the first one. He said that, like, his grandma used to say that to him. Like, that's an old person saying. Um, all right. His but, grandma used to say that? Yeah. What does that say about his family tree? What's going on? Apparently it's a southern thing. I just didn't know that. All right, number two. I gotta, I gotta tell DJ because he didn't hear that. I'm gonna tell DJ about that quote when we get to commercial break. Uh, number two, this one here is more like a an educational moment that I would call from a show. Like that wasn't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> your boss has to be the leader, and everybody has to fall in line. If you don't have a real captain at the top of the shift, the ship starts to lift. Is, did he say shift or ship? Ship. And the last word was lift. Felt like a bad rhyme. What the hell did you just pull? Right, it was an education moment about what it means to be a leader or be a boss. So it could be Granado. It could be Lance. God, where did, why would you pull something like that? That's not controversial. That's awful. Yeah, well, they're not all controversial. I got to represent everyone. Man. Um, one more time. Your boss has to be the leader, and everybody has to fall in line. If you don't have a real captain at the top of the ship, the ship starts to lift. I'm going to say it's either Granado or Paul. It just seems like it would be one of those two guys. I'm thinking John for some reason. John Granado. Play it, Josh. Boss. Boss has to be the leader, and everybody has to fall in line. Dang if it. you don't have a real captain at the top of the ship, the ship starts He's to He's mad lift. at us. He texted us. Did he? Yeah, what did he call us? Can I re- oh, I can't read that on the air. Yeah, I, th- I did see it earlier. Um, all right, number three. If only my dad was out there running the defense for the Texans on Sunday, it's not to say that D'Amico Ryans isn't, a capable, isn't capable of coaching. Lance's dad was an offensive line coach. I don't know if John's dad's with us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the answer. I'm to that just line. being fair. I don't know. A, I don't know the answer. To that I question. know Paul's is. I know Lance's is. I don't know anything about Beard and Connor. And for that, I don't know about. I think PC's is. Um. Jeez. I, I, you know what? I think the obvious would be Lance, and you're not going to go to the obvious. I'll say Beard. Uh, if only my dad was out there you running the Paul. defense for the Texans on Sunday. It's I not did. to say that, like, D'Amico Ryans isn't capable of coaching. Whew. 
So you're up one? Yep. 2-1 you? Okay. Uh, I'd just like to preface this one, Joel, for you. Oh, here's one of the dirty ones. No, it's just, it's not Glenn Davis. Because like, I don't it's want you to. It's a soccer comment? Yeah, I just don't want you to get confused. Okay? I wouldn't, you know. <clears throat> What a save that was, too. Holy cow. And it couldn't have come at a bigger time. And then there was another right after the Dynamo scored. Escobar scored the goal. So this is, in my opinion, either the bench or it's Connor and Beard because they're soccer guys. And I know that – I know John was at the game. And I know Connor and Beard watch soccer. I'm going to say Granado because he was at the game. Yes. What a save that was, too. Holy cow, and it couldn't have come at a better time. And then there was another right after the Dynamo scored. Escobar scored the goal. You know who the other kicker was? Holy cow. I know. I know. That's Johnny G. Holy cow. I mean, listen, listen. I tried to, because they because they were, they were, this is actually, I've never done this before. That was from a question to, yes. to Glenn. Yep. Yep, I heard, I heard the interview. But Connor and Beard had the Dynamo GM on. They did. So I, I thought there was too. a chance I could get you on one of them. And I almost did, but I didn't. All right, last one here. Uh, this is another public service announcement. That My name is Joe George, and I did not say this. Uh, someone that I work with did. Uh, this is about Travis Kelsey not winning SI Man of the Year. <clears throat> and, quote, uh, he won a Super Bowl, He fi- and he finally has got Taylor Swift on a leash. Lance Zerlin. Damn, man. Boom, and I he win it, and now my weekend Bowl. is good. Right. And ah! and he, he we finally biggest, got Taylor. He finally got Taylor Swift life. on a leash. Damn, you got me. <laughs> Winner and still champion. Eat it, Joe George. Uh, I, I tell you what, it moves faster when it's just one on one. That's yeah. Sure. All that, right, that moved in the right direction. We moved the sticks and we got a score. Congrats, the Blankers got the big dub. And uh, who said it? Uh, I think we're we'll have to remove Stumpmaster soon. From the title, even though that's not proclaimed by myself. Can, can you do you still have from the the show that used to have in this time slot? Do you still have that the champ is here drop? No, I might be, but I don't know where to I find think, it. I think I think uh, I think Andrew could find it. Well, he's not there. Every time we do this segment now, when you introduce when they when Spencer introduced me, should you say the champ is here? All right, we can maybe we'll add it in yeah. for you next week. Yeah. A good victory by Joel. Well, speaking of W's, we talked a little bit with DJ about you know what we would see this weekend in college football, but what is the perfect final four for you. How do you get there? We'll talk about next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. But, fellas, it's the holiday season. You don't know what to get your significant other? Well, you know what? How about the gift that keeps on giving? Botox, plastic surgery. Doc Linville does it all. But if you're looking for yourself because you've been struggling with your hair, there's only one place you need to go. It's Doc Linville because the Neograph Procedure, it is a game changer. It gets your hair back, and it's your own hair. It's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem. It's fixing the problem with your own hair. Genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head. So he takes some of that from where you have a lot of it and puts it where you need it most. Maybe you got that baboon's butt showing its head on the top of yours, or maybe your hairline has gone from a forehead to an eight head, and you don't think you can get it back. No, you don't have to mask it. All you got to do is go see my friend Doc Linville, and you get a free consultation for listening to us on ESPN 97.5. You don't have to pay the 150 bucks like everybody else. You go to 975hair.com. You get a free consultation. You ask questions. You get answers, and you see if it's right for you, too. It was right for me, John Granado, and you know what? We can't stop talking about how great, painless, and fantastic the procedure is. Check it out and see if it's right for you, too. Go to 975hair.com. 
ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planet Unicorn, hey. Give it up for feathers. Live in the Nick's Place Hive with the Killer Bees. Let's get back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios and your host, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Joe George and Joel Blank here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Jeremy out today. He is out somewhere getting ready for a Cougs basketball game. I think they tip off here in like 40 minutes. Uh, of course, we'll have Texas A&M basketball here on the station this weekend. But, you know, Joel... The big thing, big thing in college sports this weekend is obviously the conference championship games. It starts tonight with the Pac-12. We'll be carrying the Texas and the Big 12 title game tomorrow on 97.5. The Big 10 title game on 92.5 Saturday night. But if you could draw it up and get the perfect Final Four for you, what does it look like? See, I think if I could get the perfect Final Four, I might go off the board. Okay. I, I, might, I might have... I might have matchups that we're going to see be more significant. Okay. I, so I Georgia and Alabama in the college football yeah, playoff? I think Alabama might be in my four. That's fine. And I think it's primarily because they matured a lot offensively because of the quarterback to the point where they got to be a team that everywhere else is loaded. I'm very intrigued by the game tonight. I, I really – I've been a fan of Penix since he was at Indiana – I know that Oregon is a big favorite, but I also know Washington not only won the first matchup by a field goal, but if not for Washington not playing so great the last two weeks, I believe Washington can beat Oregon again. And I and I think that if I had to just tell you that if I, I had to pick it on the money line, I think Washington's going to beat Oregon tonight. I think that's interesting. Look, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea of Al- wanting Alabama to be in the Final Four. I didn't say I want them because I don't yeah. like them, but I think that they're one of the best teams. Yeah, I think the most interesting scenario is if Michigan, Texas, Florida State, Washington, and Alabama win, what is your final four? Because the argument for Texas will be, will they beat Alabama? There will be an argument for Alabama and Georgia to get in. And the one lost team that will get yeah. left out could be Oregon if they win the Pac-12 championship. I think for me, because I don't want too much chaos – I think that Georgia as the one seed, Michigan as the two seed, Oregon, because I'm on that side now. I was, sort of why I was Washington, but I just think the way Bo Nix has played, he's elevated himself so much this season. He should win the Heisman, in my opinion. Is but, it weird that he's played better than Penix in college? Penix is a better pro football player than, than Nix? Uh, probably. That's say, weird? Not only it's weird, but I think it's probably right. Okay. Um, so then I would have Oregon three. And look, I... I think it's Texas. Like, I want to see Texas versus Georgia. I don't think their roster's good enough, Joe. I think it is. They beat Alabama. I, you think their roster's better than Ohio State? No, but I Did think Did you see some of these things on social media where they said the percentage chance of the top six teams or top seven teams, and they said Texas already eliminated? Yeah. It's like, and, and they probably are because what they're factoring in is the fact that Ohio State is currently ranked in front of them in the last rankings. Right. But I do believe that what you're going to see is when Texas wins the Big 12 title game, I think that they'll jump them. I, I think they will And jump I think them. I could see that. And I think they should, too. Like, you know what, honestly, that might be the best would be, would you do? Would Are you, you do, a believer that they got to blow their doors off and cover the spread? 
I think that to qualify, they will have to. So they've got to not only beat Oklahoma State, but they've got to beat them soundly. Because the, the spread's 15.5 last time I saw it. I do think that you know you have Georgia's in with a win, Michigan, the winner of the Pac-12 title game. Even if Florida State, if Florida State loses to Louisville tonight, or whenever that game is, it's tomorrow, isn't it? I don't, I can't remember. I think now. it's tomorrow early. Is, it, I, is the Louisville tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> DJ's useless over there on the sidelines. Um, I asked an expert. I just picked the wrong sport. I, I think, I think because Ohio State is currently ranked by the committee in front of Texas, that yes, they have to cover and win by twenty. Seven p.m. tonight. Yep. Tomorrow night. Seven p.m. tomorrow night. See, here's the thing. I think if I just go by just what I think is going to happen, I think Washington's going to beat Louisville. And I think, I mean, Washington's going to beat Oregon. They're going to get in. But I think you're right. Whoever wins the Pac-12, they're going to be in. Okay? So I, I'm with you. I got Georgia. I got Michigan. And, I, and I've got the winner of that game. Four is interesting to me because of the fact that I just, I don't know. Tech, the Texas roster, but because they win the conference. And they beat Alabama. And Ohio State lost at the wrong time of the year. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're done, in my opinion. I, I think that it, it legitimately could be the Horns. All right, I'm going to give you my most fun scenario here. I think it's my number, my almost like my dream because I'm fascinated by what the committee does. Texas loses, Florida State loses, and the University of Oregon wins on a last-second field goal to beat Washington. You put so them both top in? three are Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, who's fourth? Do you go with Washington, who beat Oregon once and just lost by a three-point game, or do you think they would go Ohio State? Because I think they would go with Ohio State, and I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake, too. I would love to see two Pac-12 teams. The only reason why I'm even having Ohio State come out of my mouth is because of the fact their quarterback played better than I thought he would, their offense did more than I thought they could, and they actually hung with Michigan. But I'm still not a big believer in them, and I don't think they played a very tough schedule either. But I was going to ask you, do you see a scenario where you could get Washington and Oregon both in? Yeah, I think that is the scenario. I think like it has to be a dramatic ending to that game. And you say, okay, Washington went at home. They lost by a field goal on a neutral site. Like Everyone else lost around them. That's part of the key is like everyone else has to lose around them right. for them to get in. But I, I look, I know the Twitch like didn't like my take on this earlier, but like the SEC this year is obviously like a very good conference, but the two best conferences collectively in college football this year have been uh, the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And I think the Pac-12 would have all team deserved two teams in if that scenario played out. I, I think the two upsets that I can see happening is I think, I think Louisville beats Florida State. And I think Washington beats Oregon. Can I get a Coors Light? Um, I, I think that, like, honestly, like, when you – yeah, I mean, I think that makes the most sense. The only one that, like – Everybody's seems, all over Oregon right now. Because they've played – I think they've played the best football in the country since they lost to Washington, honestly. Like, them in Georgia I love the top I two. love the passing game with Washington, but they just they, – they've done nothing to impress me the last the last two weeks to where I feel super confident. Yeah. That's the problem. You could go – one, two is easy to me, right, unless Alabama pulls the upset. And, look, I think Alabama's going to be in that game for a while. Is there any argument that you would have against if Florida State, Michigan, Oregon all win that if Alabama beats Georgia that you put in Texas over Alabama? I mean, they got the, they got the regular I, season. I mentioned it to you guys the other day. Yeah. Head-to-head should matter more than a lot of people are, are giving it credit for. I really believe that head-to-head means something. And it doesn't matter when they were playing and how they were playing. You beat them head to head, yeah. And for one season, that should mean something. I think that's how Florida State gets left out. 
I think Florida State should get left out because of their quarterback situation. We're on the third quarterback. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's I, not just their backup. Yeah. If you go to their third quarterback and you're telling me, especially with how much it means to have television ratings and, and revenue because of the television ratings, that game's going to suck. Yeah, it, it's not going to be good. And, like, like I, I get the whole thing about, like, you feel bad for the kids. It's like it's not it's not just one guy, but like, but it is. It, it is it is the quarterback of a team. And like, if you're trying to find the best four teams in college football, they become not one of those. Honestly, I'm not. I still wasn't really sure they were one of them with Jordan Travis. Like that's part of the. Problem. I agree with that. It's too. Like I don't know if they even. But Joe, they beat who they the were ranking. supposed to beat, right? Yeah, I think that conference is is not good. It isn't. Like Clemson was Clemson's probably a step back. Clemson was like probably the next best team. Carolina. I know Louisville's in the. But Carolina's got a bunch of bad losses, like not yeah. a lot of talent on that roster. I know they have May, but I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. I think it's the best weekend of college football. This it's is fun. the only weekend that I think does get hurt by the 12-team playoff. I think the rest of it's great, but I think that the it's more fun to talk about these teams, how they get into a 14 playoff versus how they get a bye game. But, like, is, but the payoff is you don't have to hear the sob stories every year about the, the little sisters that got left out. Oh, wait till you hear them next year for the 14th seed. No. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's still clear-cut enough that 12 is good enough to where if they're moping at that end of the spectrum, then no they, should have, they should have played better. All right, what's your number one concern this weekend for the Texans? And what will cost them a victory on Sunday against the Denver Broncos? We do that next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. Oh, it's you people. I'm tired of being your tram donkeys, acting like you some one-man GPS. 